Candy Crush isn't a game. Candy Crush is designed to get into your wallet and take your money. Hi, this is Jordan. And this is Seth. And welcome to Epslam Q Music. Or no music. We don't have any music. Welcome to Absalom. Today we're going to be looking at Candy Crush. (laughs) Yes, today we're going to be looking at Candy Crush. More specifically, I think, the psychology behind Candy Crush. Yeah, Jordan, you said the ABCs, Addictive Brainwashing of Candy Crush. Oh, I know. I pat myself on the back liberally for that one. For those who don't know Candy Crush, let's have a little look-see what Candy Crush is supposed to be. Yeah, so Candy Crush is a mobile game, and it's been around for quite a while. Uh, I've read articles referencing it since 2013, so it's definitely been around, and there are a multitude of variations on Candy Crush. All of these games are made by a company called King. Yep, uh, The headquarters, or I think one of the one of the buildings is actually in London. I've walked past it with the King logo and uh, oh, Candy yeah. Crush um, kind of advertising on the outside. Yeah, and just a side note, I've searched Candy Crush up on the App Store and I can see of the Match 3 variety, there are hundreds of thousands of different variations. Everything is slightly different, but it is still that brightly coloured in-your-face. So how many of these are made by the makers of Candy Crush? That's a good point. Let's have a quick look here. There are 24 different varieties of Match 3 or Connect 3 games made by King. Wow. That is a large number. I didn't even realise half of them are. I thought some of them were just offshoot off-brands of something similar. Yeah, and you'll quite often see one of these variants advertised on the App Store. They're quite often featured, like Candy Crush Soda Saga was featured recently. I can see a piece by Apple. Uh, They've got a little write-up about it. Pop Candies and Match 3 Puzzle. So specifically, we're going to be looking at the psychology behind Candy Crush and free-to-play games in general, how they hook you and have you addicted to playing the game over and over again. Mm, Absolutely. And one of those things, I just want to preface this by saying that I'd re-downloaded Candy Crush just to kind of get an eye out for what's going on with it. And even though it is 100% guilty of... (laughs) All of the things that we're going to... We're going to get into it in a second. Candy Crush is not the worst game out there for using addictive patterns to hook and grab people, keep their attention. Yeah, I think it's quite prevalent. Over the past few years, we've seen this rise of what people call hyper-casual games. And these are games like Candy Crush that don't require a lot of effort to get into. Anyone can play them. And that means anyone from any age group. And the game mechanics are so simple that you get in there, you start playing. It looks like there's a problem. Uh, thanks, Google. <laughs> Just on a side note, we've got Google as a third person into our podcast currently. Yeah, muting this. <laughs> you, can, you can shut off for the duration of this. <laughs> All right, anyway, moving on. Uh, so what I was saying before I was so rudely interrupted. So rudely, Google, shame. <laughs> was 
that these hyper-casual games that we've seen kind of rise up over the past few years, very easy to get into. They target a broad range of demographics. Anyone can get into it. Anyone can start playing it. And they all use these techniques, which we're going to talk about today. Awesome. All right. I'm going to create a bit of a bold statement here and say that Candy Crush isn't a game. Candy Crush is designed to get into your wallet and take your money. So let's back up. We're backing up. Let's look at some psychology for a moment here. The dopamine is the happy hormone. It's what release when we experience things that bring us joy. We see someone we haven't seen in ages. Yay! Lots of dopamine. Ooh, a cute puppy. Dopamine. Ooh, ice cream. Dopamine. (laughs) Now, it's what's going to be released when you're playing your games and you're getting all of those achievements you're winning at a level you're finally beaten a boss like oh yes satisfaction dopamine's just firing in your brain yeah this is an important point as well so different levels of dopamine are fired for different things right Mm, absolutely um and a key point is that after a while if you're experiencing the same event over and over again your dopamine that is absorbed in your brain, it's it's less and less. Basically, you've got dopamine firing out and you've got receptors that take in dopamine. After a while, you're having less receptors taking in dopamine. So while you can keep going and going at that same task or achievement, it's going to take you longer to reach that same level of dopamine say the first time that you did it yeah so it's not as satisfying it's not it's not as satisfying so you know what dopamine is now let's see how this relates back to candy crush seth when you open up candy crush on your phone seth has just installed candy crush and he is ready to become addictive he is ready to spend his money (laughs) no i'm not no (laughs) he's gonna try right now straight away seth has come in and he's been directed to straight away start playing the game. Seth, why don't you play a level for us? He is going to not as much play this level as the level plays itself. It's very easy. I don't think it poses much of a challenge. Yeah, so we've been handheld the entire way. There's a character on screen pointing to the exact moves you need to make in order to play. So that's teaching the concepts in a really easy to digest manner. Now, what is happening here as well is... Every time a match is made, you're getting bright flashes of light appear on screen. You're getting, wow, well done, awesome, that's great. And you've passed this level on your first try, despite the fact that I think it's actually physically impossible to lose the first first level. Yeah, so after about three actions of matches, the rest of the game kind of plays itself until the end. So the entire sequence from... My final tap was about three seconds until it's showing the score, the stars, which are sparkling, and also there's a leaderboard down the bottom, comparing it, obviously, with other friends who have played Candy Crush. Wow. Through Facebook, obviously. Look at that. So, yeah, and another thing that's happening here is you're already involved in that dopamine response it's taking you straight away and it's like look you've won wow you're so talented this is great you're so amazing 
There's a lot of uh, positive reinforcement the entire way. The whole time, and bright color scheme, very handheld the whole time. And Seth, I don't know if you noticed, when I started playing it, I got a very physical response in my hand because it gives a little chunk. Yeah, there's haptic movement. feedback where it, it vibrates every time you perform a match. And the power-ups as well, I think, are like a stronger sensation, stronger vibration. So you're getting a real physical reaction to what you are doing in this game. So how does this relate to the psychology of getting people addicted? At this stage, I mean, the game almost plays itself. There's very minimal interaction. Yeah. I think that's part of the appeal. I mean, you feel empowered when you're playing this. You feel like this game is really, really easy, and it must be addicting enough that you want to continue playing, you want to continue progressing. Yeah, because if I have a look at the levels in this game, it it just keeps going. Like I'm scrolling up, there must be hundreds and hundreds of levels. <laughs> so you might be thinking, oh yeah, so I can play this game and I've got my dopamine firing, but so what? I can stop playing whenever I want. After a while of firing all that dopamine in your brain, basically what happens is your brain becomes desensitized to all this dopamine flooding your brain. What Candy Crush does to stop that desensitization is it limits how much you can actually play. After a while, your heart's run out. You can't play anymore unless either your heart's come back after time or you pay money. Let's take a look at the hearts coming back after a while first. So what it does is your brain's taking a break. You're taking a break away from the app. Your brain gives a relaxation of that dopamine. It chills out after a while. Your receptors start to come back. You come back to it. You're just as addictive as you were when you first picked up that app. Well, it's I imagine the way that the game gets you back if you don't come back on your own, is through notifications, right? Yeah. You can you can play again. And I imagine that is also a, a small amount of, you know, endorphins of yeah. dopamine that goes through because you're able to play, you're able to progress again. It's interesting that as well because it's mimicking a person reaching out to you, wanting to connect with you. There's that connection coming from the app. And it's like that little rush of positive endorphins that you gain. You get from, oh, someone's talking to me. Someone wants to talk to me. But it's, again, it's just a nap. Yeah. In this case, it's Candy Crush. It is. It's Candy Crush. We're looking at that second part now, aren't we? The paywall. We've yep. now reached. We've now reached. Oh. Well, actually, I want to keep going. My dopamine is hitting all time levels. I want to keep playing more, but I can't because I've run out of hearts i'm just going to pay what is it how much okay so the microtransactions really range in prices you can pay anything from a couple of pounds all the way up to 99 pounds wow that's so that that's in a single purchase you can you can spend 99 pounds on essentially something which is purely digital candy crush is getting what it wants it's either getting your money or it's getting you addicted can I just say something? I, Absolutely. I'm having a look at this leaderboard right now, and we were looking at how many levels there were. 
There's someone in my leaderboard which is on level 5,305. Are you kidding? It's up to 5,000. Past 5,000. At least. Oh my gosh. Wow. Wow. That's insane. Let's have a little pause in our discussion about psychology and how Candy Crush grabs you. Let's look... Let's look at some pure hard facts about Candy Crush, all right? We're talking about money here. In 2018, Candy Crush made 1.5 billion, no, it's not million, billion US dollars in microtransactions alone. All right, so there's a little bit like uh, 4.2 million US dollars per day. And on average, they had 293 million active users per month and 230 million new players that year. So this this is a huge phenomenon. How many people put money into it to make it worthwhile, to make it free to play? That's kind of interesting to look at because you could look at a game like Candy Crush or other free-to-play games and you could play the entire experience for free you could never put any money into it and most people won't and i think what king knows and a lot of these free-to-play companies know is that you can make the experience good enough for some people to put a little bit of money in and even if that's a few dollars a few pounds that's okay but then there are a select number of people and they're referred to as whales and was these... a whale noise, by the way, just in case anyone was wondering. <laughs> and these people will put hundreds of dollars in. Now, it's, it's not necessarily all at once, but the kind of people who become whales are people who don't realize that they're putting that much money into these games. So they start off, maybe they spend $20 here, or maybe they spend $20 there, and it adds up. I've definitely read stories of people who have gone into debt or not being able to keep up with their bill payments because they are siphoning money off to feed their addiction to a game yeah and that's really it's a there's a real issue that i think some of these free-to-play games have and i think especially candy crush which is i'm not going to say exclusively targeted to children but i mean candy is targeted to children don't you think yeah i think the the overall feel is that Candy Crush is targeted towards kids or it's targeted towards people who like bright colors and catchy sounds and cartoon characters, which is usually children. If you are having microtransactions in a game targeted to children, don't take that time to really lock down that microtransactions on a child's device or their own device, a very quick slip up. Ooh, a little pop-up's come up. Let me just click on this. It's, that's, I mean, that's how you quickly have spent $10, 10 pounds on some random bundle on an app. Yeah, it's purely digital. You're not gaining any rewards other than playing this, this game. Hmm. The problem with having these apps that are targeted towards children or that childlike quality in a person is that you have these people with less 
inhibitions or less knowledge of how these darker patterns in games can affect their mental resilience, how these apps can affect the mental resilience it comes to spending money. And I mean, essentially, you're trying to get this kid's attention for as long as physically possible. Get that dopamine firing in your brain, in these kids' brains, before offering a way, a monetary way to achieve that continued firing. Yeah, and I want to jump in here and say that uh, a few years ago there was a study uh, by a psychologist, Mark D. Griffins, Director of International Gaming Research Unit in the Psychology Department at Nottingham Trent University. And they went into uh, video game addiction and gambling. He argued that games like this have gambling-like elements, which we've definitely seen with the variable reward systems. Uh, you, you're not really sure what you're going to get. You know you're going to get something, but you don't know how much it's going to be. And also the purchases. You are constantly putting money into this game to try and uh, get better results or get that same satisfaction. And it's uh, it shares a parallel with the gambling mechanics, the game mechanics that people use when making gambling machines, when designing games which are specifically targeted at adults to get money. However, these ones are targeted at children. Yeah, I mean, are we effectively creating a whole generation of gamblers or of children with addictive personalities because they're being raised young on apps like this? I mean, we haven't had these types of games, this type of environment for children to be brought up upon to know what the true impact is on their lives. It's also interesting in a purely digital world because they're isn't a physical element to to paying with something, right? So things like Apple Pay, things like uh, subscriptions and, and online purchases have made spending money seamless. Very, very easy. It requires no mental load to click that button, to tap that tiny little button on the screen. I also want to say that when I was studying design at university and one of my game development classes there was a specific focus on how games will use their own in-game currencies to obscure how much you're paying for something so quite often you'll go into a game and you'll see gold bars in the case of candy crush or lives or gems and often you will spend money to buy in-game currency but that currency is not one-to-one you get 20 gems for two pounds and you also get a heart and you get, you know, a, it, it's a different exchange rate, mm. which means you're not making that direct connection between this is how much this action in the game costs. You don't make that connection as easily unless you sit down and really try and analyze that. And I mean, this is coming back to the same. We just, we don't know what kind of impact this has on children. Because, again, has not been around long enough to see what type of results this has in adulthood. I mean, I can tell you now, I know what kind of things it has resulted in me, personally. I know that my attention span is not as strong as it could be if 
I put down some of these games, put down some of these addictive apps because I'm just constantly, oh, give me attention, give me attention, give me things that will keep my interest. Oh, something's happening over here. Something's happening this. Oh, a notification. Oh, a game that's going to give me a quick hit of dopamine to keep me going through the day. I, I agree with that. I think I think these patterns are not exclusive to Candy Crush as well. We see it everywhere. Candy Crush, I just think, is one of the biggest... It's the most well-known examples of this, where a very simple game... Like it's, it's not a game I would go out of my way to play. This is the first time I've actually played it. It's a game that lots of people have played. It's a, it's a game that lots of people have played. It's a game that is so simple. It's so easy to get into. And I think that's where it draws people in. So shall we, shall we start to bring things all together? Let's tie up some loose ends here. I made a statement earlier that's saying that I think Candy Crush isn't a game. It is a moneymaker. And I, I still stand by that. I think this is a way to earn money from a select group of people that will actually spend money on a game. And that is why they make it free to play. And it works. And it works. I mean, we just saw the facts before. I don't know about you, Seth, but I wouldn't mind $1.5 billion per year revenue. This doesn't sound too shabby to me. Well, you better work on that match three game. <laughs> Apparently I do. Hello, microtransaction. It's the new future. <laughs> just before we completely head away there, I just, I'd love to hear some opinions from other people. I mean, where can where can they hit us up? We've got and on Instagram, check us out on Instagram. We've got a Facebook page. Waiting for those likes on the Facebook page to really get our dopamine firing. <laughs> yeah, you can tweet me. Just search my name, Seth Corker. You'll find me. Same with me, Jordan Renault, I think. That's R-E-N-A-U-D for everyone who doesn't know how to spell it, which is everyone. And if you're using Anchor, you can also submit a voice message and we might feature it in another Ooh, episode. That'd be cool. Yeah. So with that, this has been AppSlam. I'm Seth. And I'm Jordan. Thanks for listening. Until next time.